This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Just, I think it's always good that we reflect back on the, the last year, the things that God's done in our life, and just for a second, just think about those things, about how God's moved in your life in one way or another, and some of you may say it's been a great year, some of you may say it's been a hard year, but I will tell you this, that we're moving into a new year, a new season, and I believe it's very important that you begin to get your faith out there and begin to believe God and trust God, and not only that for yourself, but as we enter this year, we're going to elect a new president, and I believe it's very, very critical, especially that the believers around our nation get together and we pray, and my prayer is right now that God will raise up a modern-day Moses, a modern-day man of God that will lead America where it needs to be. So before I start today, let's just pray. Father God, we love you. We come to you in the name of Jesus, and we ask you to to bless us this morning as we come into your presence. Touch every heart here individually, Lord. You know the hurts, the concerns, the pains. You know the celebrations that you've blessed us with over the year also. And we say thank you for that. But even right now, Lord, we pray over our nation. We pray, Father God, for the leaders from the, the, the top all the way down, Lord, that you fill them with wisdom as we enter a new year. But Lord, we also ask that you raise up. A man after your own heart, a, a man of, a mighty man of valor, just like you did with Gideon and the men in the Bible. And we believe you can still do that. And Lord, you said in Second Chronicles that if we would humble and pray and seek your face, that you would heal our land. And so we pray that today. We ask you to bless our, our soldiers all around the world today. Protect them and guide them. But Lord, move in America again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I still believe in prayer. I believe God does something when people will pray. So that's my heart. All right, if you got a Bible, go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. just want to stir you up here. You know that most of the New Year's resolutions that are, are brought up here in these next few days will have something to do with diet and nutrition or fitness or health. They, they say that's a $10 billion industry now. Now, the thing about New Year's resolutions, most are broken before we get out of the month of January. But I still believe it's important that we set those up and we believe God in those areas. But also, let me ask you this question. Do you believe God for anything spiritually different in your life? You say, Lord, I I need more of you. I want to raise the level of prayer in my life. I want to begin to seek you unlike any other time in my life. Because physically, you've probably heard this, you are what you eat. And I believe that spiritually too, you know. The reason people are in trouble physically is because of vitamin deficiencies. They haven't eaten what they they need to or even cardio. But what about spiritually? Where are we at spiritually? Let me say this and this may stick with you. The definition of discipline is doing what you don't want to do in order so that you can do what you want to do. Let me retweet that. Discipline is doing what you don't want to do so you can do what you really want to do. And so many who are around me a lot of times in my life, this is a slogan of mine. Every sacrifice is based on preference. Every one of them. And so let's change some things that we've done ways in our life and let's really set the bar high. Begin with me in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. But reject profound or old wives' fables 
One, one translation says, instead, get rid of those. One translation says, to eliminate those. And he goes on to say, and exercise yourself toward godliness. That's interesting that right there he would use the word exercise yourself toward godliness. That verse is, is cross-referenced into Hebrews 5.14. That verse says, having your senses exercised where you can discern between good and evil. And so even the word there, exercise, it tells me I'm going to have to do something spiritually. The Amplified says, train yourself toward godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. Verse 8, for bodily exercise profits a little. Now the reason it just profits a little is because bodily exercise is only going to affect you physically. Think about this. You're only going to be here for 60, 70, 80, 90 years of your life. It will profit while you're here on this earth. But when you go to heaven, it's not going to matter because you're not going to have this old body in this form anymore. So he says, bodily exercise, it does profit you even while you're here right now. And so some of you, I would set new goals, even physically. Change the way you eat. Get some cardio. Begin to do something. Because guess what? You only get this body and you only get this life one time. And you know what? I like a lot of you. I hope you're around here a long time. But you got to do some things. Keep reading with me. Verse 8. For bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness is profitable for all things. Godliness is profitable in everything. Having the promise of life that now is and that is which is to come. And so... That the profit we get is in this present time, but also eternally. And so what am I doing to shape myself up for eternity? Turn with me just a couple pages there to 2 Timothy 2. I believe we've got to be disciplined, you know, in, in every, ever, every area of our life. And, you know, if you've ever worked out at all, whether that's running, lifting, swimming, it's going to take time. It's going to take some discipline. It's going to take some effort and energy. You know, and the thing is about setting New Year's resolutions, you all know this as well as I do, that you don't eat right for the first week of January and you're good for the rest of the year. It'd be nice if that's the way it was. Same as exercise. You know, you don't go out and run tomorrow and you say, man, I'm good for the next year. That's not how it is. It's a a lifestyle. It's day by day by day by day. And so I believe part of this is discipline. That we get over and we say, you know what, I'm going to begin to change some areas in my life. Second Timothy Chapter 2, verse 15. Be diligent. Interesting that he says that right there. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, Paul's instruction, number one, he said be diligent. That's to be disciplined. And number two, he said you've got to be a worker. So when you look what he's talking about, we've got to learn to be uh, disciplined or diligent to get into the word of God. Get into the Word every day, and then the worker is literally to begin to apply the Word of God. You know, you can hear the Word of God over and over in your life, but until I start being a doer of the Word, and that's in James chapter 1, and not a hearer only, it's not going to benefit me in it all. And so, not only do I take time to get in the Word, I start saying, you know what, I'm going to begin to do the Word. I'm going to begin to believe the Word of God. I'm going to begin to step out, and this is what he's talking about. Now, go with me in the Old Testament just for a minute to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. 
And again, every sacrifice is based on preference. And so that tells me that it's not about entitlement. It's not about, well, I deserve this or that. Well, I don't know that we deserve anything. But when I begin to step out and say, you know what, I'm going to work to get to this point in my life. I'm going to do the things that I know that I need to do. And to get there again, you're going to have to be diligent. You're going to have to be disciplined. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. Hope. Well, that, that doesn't mean what we think in the modern day. It literally means wait and listen. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk. Now, how can I buy anything when I don't have any money? And what he's talking about here is when I come and I begin to partake of the things that God has offered me, it becomes spiritual nourishment. And I come and I freely receive the things of God. Now, in that verse right there, if you'll note, on two different occasions, he said, come, come. In other words, I've got to make the decision to come. I can't sit back and think, you know what? It's all up to God. If it was all up to God, why'd God tell us to come? He goes on to say in verse 2, Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in the abundance. Now, right there he, he tells me that i got to listen carefully. i got to get a hold of the word of God. And I've got to keep just hanging around God. And I just keep coming to church and I keep getting in the word. And I keep fellowshipping with God. And he says in verse 3, incline your ear and come to me. Here in your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And so again, to leave, listen to what he was saying, it's my choice to come. It's my choice to listen. It's my choice to seek. Now look what he goes on to say here in, in Isaiah 55 verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the righteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God. Now, when I read that, you can, you can answer this question in your own heart. How was your relationship with God in this year? Was it good? Was it okay? I believe I'm safe to say every one of us in this room, it could get better. And so this is an invitation as we start a new year to say, you know what? I'm going to return to the things of God. I want to jump in more than I ever have. And, and if you've gotten to church here for any period of time, we start every January with a church-wide fast. We go on a 21-day fast. That will begin next Sunday. And I encourage you to do that. And again, fasting is not dieting, Okay. We're going to begin to fast and begin to seek God. And if you've never fasted any time in your life, I encourage you do something. Whether that's a meal a day. Whether that's the sunrise, the sunset fast. Again, don't bite off more than you can handle. But begin to say, you know what? I'm going to start the year. And I'm going to seek God. And I'm going to begin to set some things in my life early in 2016. So really, this is a return to saying, man, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek Him. Same chapter, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It, the word of God, shall not return to me void. It, the word of God, shall accomplish what I please. And it, the word of God, shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. 
So Jesus describes right here the word of God as a seed. And fruitfulness is guaranteed the byproduct. And God's word right here cannot, it cannot be barren or fruitless because God's own power within, within that seed. And so I believe this right now. For 2016, begin to get in the word of God. Get in there unlike any other time in your life. Hunger for the word of God. You get in the word, God will get into you. And make this book a priority above anything else. To say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to set a standard today and say, I'm going to get in the word every day. You know, they say in America right now, only one out of three Christians in America right now get in their Bible once a week. So we feed our our natural man three hot meals a day, and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week, and we wonder why we're starving to death spiritually. We've got to get back into the Word of God. Now, I want you to go to the book of Luke, chapter number 10. Luke 10, and and we're really going to dig in here just for a little bit. Just give you some more of the Word of God. You know, Christians can be uh, professing Christians. You can call yourself a Christian. You could still be ill. You could still be weak. You could still be faithless. And a faithless Christian is not much good. You know why? In in Hebrews 11, 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So again, the only way I get faith, biblically, it says in Romans 10, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've got to get in the word of God. I've got to begin to strengthen my faith. And I believe that's even kind of what Kelsey had said earlier when she talked about that, that this will be, 2016, a year that people are going to have to believe God. You're going to have to get out of the boat. You're going to have to say, you know what? I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God above the oil, above gold, above silver, above all the things that mankind has said we put it up here. I'm going to believe the word of God. Now, we begin here in Luke 10, verse number 38. Now, it happened as they went that Jesus entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she's had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, I believe when you read into this, and I'm going to read into it a little bit myself here, Martha was the big sister. And you know what the big sister is? She's used to being in charge. She's used to telling everybody else what to do. But in this passage here, it literally says that she was distracted. One translation says she was overoccupied with with too much serving. And so what was going on, I believe, is she was in preparations for this big feast for Jesus. And she had great intentions because when you read this passage, you'll find out the thing she she was doing wasn't sinful or bad. It just wasn't the best thing. And so she's distracted with much serving. And it's almost like you see that she's got two or three main dishes. She's got vegetables. She's got bread. She's got salads. She's made every beverage in the world. She's got decaf coffee, regular coffee. She's got sweet tea, unsweet tea. She's got pies. Sugar-free and regular. She's got cinnamon rolls, regular and even gluten-free. But she's distracted. 
She's really distracted is what this begins to say. So we keep reading here in the rest of verse 38. Or 30, uh, 40, I mean. And she approached Jesus and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And it's if she's saying right here, Jesus, this isn't fair. She just sits and listens to you. And I wonder when she said that if Jesus didn't scratch his head and say, that's not such a bad thing. She, she just sits around and shoots the breeze with you. And it's, it's like she's saying, Jesus, you got to help me. She's not going to do anything. This isn't fair. Are you doing things for Jesus so much that you don't spend any time with Jesus? And I look at this and I think, you know what? Even in my own life, my service can become more self-serving. And I can't allow my service to take the place of learning to sit at Jesus' feet and in his presence. I will tell you this right now. I'm not telling you to serve. You're called to serve. Actually, I really need a lot of you to step up and start serving in our children's ministries. But this wasn't what he was talking about, okay? So she's telling Jesus, you got to help me. He goes on, or she goes on to say in verse 41, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. And so it's almost like in this situation, it was this battle between Mary and between Martha. And Martha was keeping score, and as if Martha was saying, you know what, I'm the only one that does anything around here. And when we start comparing our lives to everybody else, you know what it leads to? It leads to frustration, and it leads to me being critical. And he said, you're worried about many things. Here's the issue that I begin to find out, that too many times in our life, we get so caught up in everything has to be this way, this way, this way, this way. i got to dot every I and cross every T. And you know what? I can do every bit of that. But if I lose people out of the equation, I've missed everything. Because without people, we do no good because people are our most vital resources. And so Jesus begins to tell her, you're worried about many things. You're anxious and you're bothered about many things. Now think about that in your life right now. Is there things in your own life that have got you off track? I can tell you in my life, when I become dominated by things and events, my life is out of alignment. And this is what I believe he's telling her right here. You're out of alignment. We begin to allow our life to be defined by what we do instead of who we are in Jesus. And God's not after your resume. God's after you. And in this passage right here, he says, you're bothered about many, many, many things. But one thing is needed. Just one thing is needed. And Mary's found that. She's chosen that. And when you look at what was the one thing that Jesus referred to about Mary, it said, she sits at my feet and hears the word. She takes time to get into my presence, and she takes time to get into the Word. Now, I look at that. Jesus commends her, 
And he says, this is it, Martha. It's not in all the things you're doing. The ticket here is you've got to make me priority in your everyday life. And so every one of them, every one of us in here, we're what I call the ADD generation. We're so busy. We're going here and we're going there and we're going here and we're going there. And oftentimes, most Americans, if you ask them how they are, you know what they'll reply? I'm either tired or I'm too busy. And so when I say that, I'm tired or too busy to come to church, your life is out of alignment. I'm tired and I'm too busy to get into the Word. Your life is out of alignment. And so as we get ready to start a new year, I've got to come back into alignment. I've got to listen to what Jesus said to Martha, and I've got to say, Lord, I'm going to make, I'm going to make you priority. I'm going to sit at your feet every day. I'm going to begin to praise you. I'm going to begin to get into the Word of God every day. You know, Mary and Martha had the same opportunities. The same opportunities. One of them seized the opportunity. The other one made excuses for the opportunity. I can do the same thing. He ends in this verse, he said, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which not be taken away from her. Mary's chosen it. That's the key today for me and you. What have you chosen? What have I chosen? See, it's very easy for us to look at other people around us and say, I want what they have. But the key is, do I want to do what they've done to get it? It's the same with the kingdom of God. Every one of us in this room have 24 hours every day. Well, I jump on board this year and say, Lord, and I'm going to set the bar high. You know what I found out in, in, in our lives, the devil will try to do to every one of us. He'll, he'll either try to make us really, really bad, or he'll try to make us really, really busy. One of the two. And you know what? I'm not saying not one of us in this room are busy. We're all busy. Americans are busy people. At least we think we are. But again, what are my priorities? What am I sacrificing to get to? I'll end with this this morning. Go with me to the book of uh, 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. You know, in, the, in that passage we just read about Martha. When she started looking at everything she was doing, that becomes what de- defined her. My doing, my doing, my doing. And it's real interesting to me in the book of Matthew chapter 7, when the Lord was dealing, it actually starts in verse 21. The Lord was dealing with, with Christians. And they went to him and they said, Lord, Lord. And Jesus responded to many of those that, that addressed him as Lord. And he said, I never knew you. I never knew you. And remember in that passage what those people that were so-called believers said to Jesus? But Lord, we did this in your name. And we did that in your name. We prophesied in your name. We did all these things in your name. And remember what he said? I never knew you. And I look at that and I think, how many of us does that describe me? That I'm always about doing things instead of hanging out with Jesus and knowing Jesus and just getting in his presence and, and learning to come to his feet. And so again, I know I'm setting the bar, 
But I believe this is the heartbeat of God to say, you know what? 2016 is going to be different. It's going to be different. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Therefore lay aside all malice or all deceit. Now, one translation says, clean house. Get rid of all that stuff. So be done with it. Get rid of all this behavior, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Why is that so important? As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so when he says this right here, he, he's using the analogy to me and you. Just as a baby knows, he's got to have that nutrition of milk to grow. It's the same with me and you. I've got to get the word of God in me. On a daily basis where I begin to read it, this is spiritual nutrition. Without it, I'm not going to grow spiritually. And when I don't grow spiritually, my, my life gets in more and more and more and more trouble. These are nutritional guidelines that will help me grow spiritually. But he tells, I got to, I got to get in the word. Let me give you an analogy that may help you in that. What would we think here this morning? Instead of people come walking in with coffee cups, we have 40, 40 year old men and women come walking in here with baby bottles. We would look and say, something's not right with that. What would we think today if I was standing up here with a diaper on? He'd say, something's not right with that. But in that analogy, think about ourselves spiritually. Is that me? That I've been this way for my whole life. I've never grown spiritually. See, Jesus said, you'll be known by your fruit. How you live and how you do certain things. He goes on to say here. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And so you think about this in your life. The way we acquire a taste for food or a certain drink is we begin to drink it. And I could begin to say certain things in this room right now that you would begin to, to see. I mean, if I talked about a certain type of taco or a hamburger or a certain type of drink, you would begin to get that in your, your, your mind, that picture of it. Why? Because we've acquired that taste. And so he says here spiritually, if you've tasted and see that the Lord is good, I begin to get a hold of the word of God and I say, Lord, I've tasted. I've tasted that your word is good. I've seen the fruit it put, puts in my life. And again, with my background, I can tell you, because of Jesus' salvation in my life, giving my heart to him, and because living by the word of God now for 35 years of my life, I've tasted and I've seen. You've got to understand again that you're looking at a guy, I didn't grow up in church, okay? I didn't grow up knowing the things of the Bible, but as about of 18 and 19 year old, I begin to see there's got to be more to my life than what am I, I'm experiencing. And some of you will understand this statement that without Jesus in my life, I would either be in prison or I would be dead right now. I believe that with all my heart. But Jesus came into my life and I started falling in love with this book. And I started reading and I started reading and I started reading. And before long, I got to understand that I can be what this book says I can be. I can have what this book says I can have. And I can do what this book says I can do. And so I begin to taste and see the things of God. And to this day, I've got to get into the Word. There's days I've got to say, man, I've got to get in deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And so it's the same with me and you. 
begin to acquire a taste for the Word of God. Begin to acquire a heart that says, Lord, i got to get in your presence. i got to get into your presence. It'll take discipline. It'll take a person that begins to say, you know what? I don't care what i got to do today. This is the one thing i got to have. This is the one thing. And I know every one of us are busy, like I said a minute ago. But in my own life, it becomes priority. There's certain things that I do every day through the week. I mean, I, I realize I've, I've got to do this. And the ones who are around me daily, they'll tell you this, this is what he does. And let me just give you, and I'm not lifting me up, guys. I'm just telling you, this is why I am what I am because of the word of God and the things of God. I begin to affirm things in my life every day. I started probably 20 plus years ago. And I said daily affirmations. And those daily affirmations is what God said. I begin to speak the word of God over my life every day. It'll it'll take me sometimes 20 to 25 minutes because there's about 150 of them now. But it becomes priority that I start saying the things about what God says about me. And I say that over my marriage. And I say that over my children. I speak that over the church. If you're a member of this church, I speak the word of God over you every day. And then I read so many chapters in the New Testament. I read a couple chapters in the Old Testament. I read Proverbs every day. Whatever day of the month it is, I read that proverb. And then, if you've ever been in my office, I read about ten books at once. i got books I'm throwing all over the place. Because I found the priority of the things of God. Every day at lunch, I come in here to pray. Not because I have to. Because I want to. I really, really enjoy getting in the presence of God. Now understand this again, guys. This wasn't how I was raised. This was acquired taste that I began to say, man, i, I got to get in the presence of God. And you know, the greatest thing today will be getting to come into the presence of God and worship God with you today. I enjoyed that. I love that. And so something happens when I begin to make the things of God priority. You want to be a CrossFit, spirit, soul, and body? Then say, this year's going to be different. This year's going to be different. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.